Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we are doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. We'd like to welcome in all of our returning listeners as well as our new listeners. What a time for you guys to join us with Draft Week right around the corner. Please subscribe to the show, and if you feel so inclined, make sure you leave a five-star review. It really, truly does help other Buccaneers fans find us. On this weekend, the episode of Locked on Bucks podcast, Tom Brady is mad about a new NFL rule. We rank our top three edge rushers in the upcoming NFL draft, and we do a little mock jersey swapping. But first, we're going to talk about Chris Godwin talking about stuff with Kyle Brandt on his 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt podcast, and we're going to start off with Chris Godwin talking about Super Bowl speeches. If you're not familiar with the Kyle Brandt, uh, or the 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt podcast, rather, uh, what it is, basically, Kyle has 10 trivia questions that he asks his guests, in this case, Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin, but all of them tie into the player in some way, shape, or form. So, for example, uh, Kyle Brandt asked Chris Godwin a question about um, a famous celebrity who once lived in an area in the the U.S. that you probably wouldn't expect him to. Chris guessed Pennsylvania because everybody knows him from Penn State and everything else. The actual answer was Delaware, which is also where Chris Godwin is from, which when I was listening to it, I said, come on, Chris, the the answer is Delaware. I mean, come on, dude. Um, So he missed it, but he did get some right, so give him some credit. But And then in between questions, Kyle likes to talk to these guys about some of those details that connect to the questions and then get some stories out of these guys. It's a pretty good time. I've only listened to two, Chris Godwin's and and Rob Gronkowski's appearance on the show, uh, but it is a good show. It is a good time. So if you haven't heard about it, uh, go ahead and check it out. But anyway, here is Chris Godwin talking to Kyle Brandt about Super Bowl speeches. Super Bowl at home, Tampa, different deal. We've never seen it before. Who gives the last speech to the Buccaneers? Is it is it Uncle Bruce, the head coach, or is it the, your quarterback, the GOAT? Oh, so... Uh, for the Super Bowl, it was uh, it was Tom. So BA always gives like a little speech. You know, he's not like a big like rah rah guy. He just kind of says like his piece, and then typically it's uh, Devin or Levante that talks throughout the season. Um, and then the Super Bowl, you know, they both said their thing, and Tom's like, "Yo, I got a last word," and he gives like this epic speech. And it, I think it, it it hit a lot harder because like he didn't speak at all. Like he didn't give any previous speeches throughout the year. And so it's like, yeah, like this moment is like, like that tells you how big the moment is when Tom gets up here and he gives like this legendary speech. I'm like, yo, that's live. That is very dope. Like we're all ready to go. He's he's about to play in his 10th Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were on the Chiefs. A lot of people had them winning it. What does he say? What do you remember? Is it is it just this rhetoric? Is it from the heart? What what kind of thing does he say when he gets up in front of you guys? It was a little bit of both, right? Like it's, so it's, it's the rhetoric, you know, like it's, it's what he's saying. It's how he's saying, how passionate he is, you know, like you could tell like he really means this, you know, like he's talking about like, you know, about the game and like, you know, uh, honor and, and, and what this game will, will mean to everyone's legacy, you know, going out and winning this and being that team. You know, and and he's like, like this is something that your grandkids are gonna are gonna be able to remember it and, and be taught. And it's just like he's so passionate, man. He's, and and you know, it's funny too because like he's basically been to ten Super Bowls at this point, and like he's still just as fired up. So we like like yo, like we got a roll. Like like our time is now. Like he 
he really had us ready to go. Is it true, Chris, that he ended his speech before the Super Bowl by getting up in front of you guys and eating W's? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that remains to be told. <laughs> Hey, just uh, something man, I heard. It hey, didn't happen. Yeah, uh, word on the street is it it didn't happen. But okay, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm a reliable source. You know, I might have been. I might have been looking the other way or something. <laughs> so again, yeah, that was Chris Godwin on uh, Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt and David. With as big of a Pat McAfee fan as you are, I'm surprised you haven't listened to the Pat McAfee episode of that podcast. That's a good one. But. It, it was nice to get a little insight as to kind of the dynamic of how that worked because we saw for so long that Jameis was always the pregame hype guy. He was the one that was always kind of running the huddle. Come to find out that this year it was Levante and it was Devin. It was those two inside linebackers. It was the guy that was redrafted at number 20 in a Bleacher Report article that is just should be set on fire. But you know, when Tom spoke ahead of the biggest game of all of these players' lives, they knew how critical it was. They knew how important it was. And it was it was nice to hear a little bit about that from Godwin, you know, kind of reliving the moment. Yeah, anytime you get a peek behind the curtain, it's it's always a good time. And, you know, when you talk about leadership, everybody, you know, you know what Tom Brady brings to the field. You know what he brings to the team. And obviously it's a day-in, day-out, week-in, week-out presence that he brings to any franchise and, and you know it goes back to the new england patriots and how they talk about him and then you hear how this organization these players these coaches talk about him as well so his leadership is you know it's never in question but it's interesting to hear chris talk about how you know during the season it was really devin and levante uh, as far as players that gave a lot of kind of the the pump you up and rah-rah speeches and stuff and tom kind of allowed other leaders on the team to go ahead and do their leadership's part and, and play their role and he didn't have to be the guy in the spotlight the whole time and uh, you kind of go back to other stories about when he first arrived to the team and how he kind of told guys, listen, like if you talk trash on the field, I need you to talk trash to me like you would any other quarterback. And it just kind of shows that he's a leader through his actions, but also he's a leader through his humility because he doesn't need to be lifted up on a pedestal, even though the media does it and fans will do it, uh, you know, will do, will prioritize Tom Brady stories over other stories. The players know and his teammates know that he doesn't need that. He doesn't feed off of that. What he feeds off is the unity, the joint effort, and the success they experience as a group. And that's what makes him a true leader, which is what makes these guys want to do things for him. Like, I don't know, give up a number that they're tied to for their entire football career. All right. Well, we will have more from Kyle Brandt and Chris Godwin coming up in just a moment. But first, we have to tell you that this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They are the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful we talked about it you know when we were setting up for the show and david and i have have different favorites but we both really really love one by aurora lopez mejia it's it's amazing the way that the word love is stamped directly into the gold if you're on the hunt 
for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever. You're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. This year, the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get inside analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. Back now for segment two here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Yarko on Twitter at dharrison82 and at jyarko underscore bucks. The show at Locked On Bucks and James. I kind of mentioned it there at the end of segment one talking about Tom Brady being the kind of guy that other guys would be willing to give up their jersey numbers for, even if they're connected to them for their entire football careers, and that's exactly what Chris Godwin did. Uh, For those of you who have not heard the story of how the jersey swap, uh, the jersey number swap came to be, Kyle Brandt did ask Chris Godwin about it on his podcast, and here is Chris Godwin talking about that jersey swap with Tom Brady. Here's the deal. For those who don't know, you were number 12 in high school at Middletown. You were number 12 in college at Penn State. You were number 12 in the NFL. All of a sudden, and by the way, your fiance Mariah's Instagram is Miss 12. Yeah. That is her handle. Yeah. So, dude, no one is, is more tattooed with 12 across your whole life. And then, you know, this pretty boy quarterback from Michigan shows up one day and all of a sudden he's like, I'll take 12. Chris, you've talked about this a lot. When Brady reached out, what did he say to get that number? I want to know what he said. Really, it was like um, he. It, it really wasn't uh, how anybody like would really think. Like we were really like having like a conversation, and it was like yeah. it was like our second conversation at this point. You know, like after like we had the intro call, and then like, we just kind of like talking on Facetime, getting like getting to know each other. You know, putting face to names and start to kind of get a feel for each other. And he's like, um, he just kind of like brings up like the number. He's like, yeah, like I know like you were number twelve, and like you know, like I don't want to make like a big deal about it. You know, any, anything like that. Like if you. Like if you if you would let me have it, like, you know, I would love to have the jersey. And me, I'm like, man, like, like you're Tom Brady, bro. Like, I like I I understand the gravity of the situation. Like, it's bigger than me. And like, the last thing I want to do is like when you know this legendary quarterback is coming to town, he wants to come play with us. And I'm like, nah, bro. Like, you can't get this. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you know, he got TB12. It's a lot of stuff like that's going around it. So like, who am I to just be like, nah? Like, you can't have it. You know, and, and like I said in, in previous interviews, like in hopes that at some point later down the road, you know, it's going to come back to me. So he does the one icebreaker call. Hey, nice to meet you. It's going to be great. We're going to do great things together. <laughs> and then in the second call, it's uh, hey, you. so about this 12 thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very smooth, dude. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, it's a little setup. He set me up. But no, nah, <laughs> he's, he's a great guy, man. That's my guy. No, at no point. As ambitious as you are and, you know, your future. At no point when he says about this 12, do you say, absolutely, you're Tom Brady. I know what time it is. So let's talk turkey. <laughs> I mean, there's, you must have had, because this happens all the time, dude. You yeah. know this happens. Oh, I got this money. I got this much. It's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He has uh, almost infinite wealth. He has this company. Like, you could have made a really nice payday, but you yeah. didn't. Why did you choose to give away money? I'm sure he would have paid it. Honestly, like I, I had thought about it, um, like before, like you know, like when we sign him, and then you know, like in my head, I'm like, oh damn, like he's probably going to win number twelve. And then like I would see, you know, people like talking about it, and then like I saw, I, I think I saw one graphic that was like what people, what different players got for their numbers, and like yeah, when it came down to it, and like I'm having a conversation, I'm like, I can't bring myself to do that, you know, like 
Cause like, I know that like, I'd be a little annoyed if some young guy, some third year guy is like, yo, like, I, like I've been in the 20 years, some third year guys like, yo, you need to give me X amount of money. I'm like, family, like, what are you talking about? Like, you, like, you know what I've done? Like, you know what I've given to the game? So I'm like, I can't do that. Like, like it, it didn't feel right. So I just went with, you know, with my gut. All right, more more great stuff from Chris Godwin there on 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt. And David, my favorite part about this is Chris Godwin's mindset to, you know, this is Tom Brady. I can't be the guy who's the, the, the young buck, the new kid. When this guy, I've watched him play football my entire life. I've watched him win championships. I've watched what he's done for the game of football. I can't be the guy that's like, yeah, you can have 12, but you're going to have to pay me. Now, I don't know. Maybe behind the scenes, Tom Brady threw some money at, at Chris and Mariah's foundation, and Chris is keeping that private just for, for him and Mariah and Tom and Giselle to know about, which if he is, that's that's cool. I can't imagine, though, that Tom Brady won't do something as a thank you, maybe when his time in Tampa is up and he's ready to move on and retire to, to give some sort of thank you to Chris, or maybe, you know, the next time Chris has a a charity function, like the one that you and Bailey attended, you know, Tom's going to be there and he's going to support it. He's going to donate something to be auctioned off or, or something like that. But I just, I love the humility and the mindset of somebody who has been so attached to a number their whole life to just say, you know what? It, It belongs to him. I'm, I'm going to let him borrow it. And when he leaves, I'll, I'll go ahead and get it back. Yeah. I mean, I like the humility of it. I like the, the, the reverence of it. And, you know, Chris kind of recognizing the historic significance that Tom Brady holds for the league and for the game of football, uh, you know, and, and so I just, I appreciate everything in that story. And I really hope, I hope the number comes back to him for one. And I hope that if there's ever a situation where, you know, there's a second or third year player out there wearing number 12 and Chris, you know, I mean, you know, I think everybody who hopes that Chris just retires a Buccaneer and, and how cool would that be that, you know, Tom Brady retires, Chris gets the number back. And then someday they both go into the ring of honor together and they retire the number 12 for, for Tampa Bay under both their names. That'd be, that'd be pretty legit. Um, but you know, if he does have to leave the organization, because that does happen more and more these days, and he goes to a place where, you know, he's a super bowl champion, two times super bowl champion, hopefully something like that and there's a young guy who's wearing number 12, that that player kind of remembers. This is what Chris Godwin did for a guy uh, that was established in the league and, and all this other stuff. I'm going to show him the same respect uh, because it would be nice to see you know Chris Godwin wearing number 12. And if I'm not incorrect, uh, not only is Mariah's you know Instagram handle Miss 12, but I'm pretty sure she's also got the number 12 tattooed on her uh, in some way, shape, or form. So, I mean, uh, the number 12 definitely something that, that means a lot. So, I mean, that gesture alone of giving that number to Tom Brady without compensation um, – you know, it, it means a lot. And I'm sure that Tom uh, understood that as well. And speaking of jersey swaps or number swaps. Real quick, I have a quick, fun hypothetical for you that just popped in my brain, David. Tom Brady retires. The Buccaneers sign free agent quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Does Godwin snatch number 12 before Aaron comes in and makes Aaron change his number? Or does he show the respect to Aaron Rodgers as well? No, because by then, Chris Godwin is a two-time Super Bowl champ and Aaron Rodgers is only a one-time Super Bowl champ. So... Boom. Roasted. Love it. Moving on. All right. So speaking of Jersey number swaps, uh, the NFL approving uh, some some rule changes for the 2021 season into the future. Uh, but the one getting the most buzz is the fact that players can now change their Jersey numbers. Uh, there are some new new brackets out there for players to wear, depending on your positions. Much expanded. Tom Brady, very active on social media, very public about his disdain for the number change and 
listen, I'm just going to say this. If Tom Brady doesn't like it, I don't like it. I'm not even going to give a whole lot of explanation as to why, but that's just what it is. So what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of mock predict some jersey changes, some number changes for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And James, I'm going to kick it off, and I'm going to go easy button here. Leonard Fournette is swapping from 28 to 7 because, duh. Yeah, he already talked about it on Twitter. He, you know, he tweeted at the Buccaneers account and said, I'm going to need that number seven. So my my first one, I'm going to go, and this is purely for my own entertainment, something that I want to see happen, not something that I think actually could or will. I want Antoine Winfield Jr. to wear number two just for the deuces from the Super Bowl. That's, that's what I want to see. That'd be a pretty good one. So my next one, I'm going to go with Carlton Davis, the third cornerback, obviously going from number 24 to number six. Carlton Davis wore number six in college. Four plus two equals six, so it just kind of makes sense. Number six is vacant. So I know you're surprised by this pick, but Carlton Davis swapping from 24 to six. Yeah, well, I also have somebody that can wear number six, uh, and I'm going with the guy that we just heard from, Chris Godwin. Now, Kyle Brandt on the 10 questions did ask Chris Godwin how he felt about the number change. He said that he loves it, and now that 12 is off of him, he's kind of thinking about going to a single digit, and the numbers that he named, he said, I think five, six, and seven would be really cool. You know, six is half of 12. Uh, you know, seven's always been a really cool number, and then he, you know, he really loved Reggie Bush who made the number five cool so five is already taken seven's going to Fournette Chris Godwin number six all right I like that theory and something else that I like are built bars the best tasting protein bars on the market if you haven't already dove into those you really need to get on board they've got amazing flavors like caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp among many others all built bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft they're easy to chew and they're great for the health conscious person whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in delicious treat built bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for the keto diet and right now if you go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your next order again that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off of your next order at builtbar.com the show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. Again, promo code locked on, all one word, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Ross Tucker, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C. Why? And for those of you that have not caught up on the show, do highly recommend that you do that. I'm just saying that my co-host here, David Harrison, had his pick for the Washington football team praised 
by Hall of Famer Michael Irvin. Well done, sir. Well, well done. But now, David, it is time to power rank some draft prospects. We are going to go and we're going to go through, we're going to give our top three edge players that we would like to see the Buccaneers draft next week. So I will defer to you, Michael Irvin's new best friend. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, Michael Irvin and I are basically best friends now. Um, So my number one edge prospect that I'm going to rank, and it's, it's important to understand that when we're talking about these breeze prospect, these are guys that we want to see with the Buccaneers the most. Not we're not saying these are the best guys in the draft one, two, three, because those lists would probably look very, very similar. These are guys that we really want to see suiting up for the Buccaneers, right? Correct. Cameron Sample, Cam Sample out of Tulane. He's not a first round guy. He's probably possibly not even a day two guy. Kind of just depends. I mean, the evaluations are all over the place for a lot of guys. Uh, but Cam Sample, definitely not a day one guy. You're looking day two at the earliest out of Tulane is a guy that I really like. I really enjoyed watching with the Senior Bowl. Got a chance to sit in on his press conference uh, with the media after Senior Bowl practice one day. He's a guy that I've really become, uh, you know, affectionate for or whatever. He's my draft crush, I suppose, in, in a lot of ways. Um, so Cam Sample is a guy that I think everybody should keep their names, their eyes out for uh, as it gets later on in the NFL draft. Now, if the Bucks go edge in round one, Maybe it's it's less likely, but I mean, hey, there's no reason you can't draft two edge guys, uh, especially when Cam Sample has a little bit of versatility to him and can play with a hand down if Todd Bowles wants to go with a smaller defensive front. Yeah, and I I didn't watch Cam Sample at all, but I did read your profile. I I would be excited about the pick. Now, David, the approach that I took with this was these are players that I would like to see the Buccaneers draft who could potentially be there where they sit. So I don't have like Jalen Phillips on here, who is my favorite edge rusher. That would involve the trade-up. I, I took the approach of if the Bucks stay pat, these are the guys that I'd like to see. And the first one that I'm going to talk about is Jalen Phillips' teammate, Gregory Rousseau. This guy is a massive freak of nature. Six foot seven, 265, ran a 4'6", 840. He, he didn't play in 2020, when he played in 2019, he was an absolute monster. 54 tackles, 19 and a half tackles for loss, 15 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a pass defense. I think putting him in the rotation with Shaq and JPP, that guy would be an absolute monster in Todd Bowles' defense. I'd be real excited if the Bucks came away with Rousseau in uh, in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, honestly, Rousseau is actually my second guy. And uh, the, the, the comps that I've seen to Jason Pierre-Paul just kind of seal the deal for me and I mean you know there, there are some questions about Rousseau and whether or not he's polished enough to start day one in the NFL and all that other stuff the great thing about the Buccaneers situation is they don't need a guy who can start day one in the National Football League now there might be some other players that they could look at and say you're more of a day one impact player but again you go back to last season look at the late season injuries that Jason Pierre-Paul was dealing with and, the, and all the practices he took off with that knee, knee injury tell me he couldn't have used some reps off or maybe even a game off and if you give you know a guy like Gregory Rousseau 12, 13 weeks to learn, not only from this coaching staff, but also learn from Shaq Barrett, learn from Jason Pierre-Paul, who again, his physicality, his athleticism, his length is mocked a lot, or is compared a lot to Jason Pierre-Paul. Even some of the struggles that Gregory Rousseau has had in his career are mocked or are comped to Jason Pierre-Paul. So you talk about a guy who can literally teach this youngster how to accentuate his strengths and make his weaknesses into strengths as well. Jason Pierre-Paul is the guy to do it. Um, so come week 13, come week 14, JPP is banged up as veterans often get, and you need a young guy to come in there and spell him for a little bit. Greg Rousseau now has basically an entire season's worth of training and practice and stu- and studying under a guy that matches his skill set almost to a T 
to come in there and make an impact for the Buccaneers. It's nice to see that we're on the same wavelength here, David. Now, real quick before I get into my next one, yeah, I do want edge rush to be one of the first two positions addressed, whether it's the first round or or the second round. I want to see edge rush addressed early on. So I went with two guys that they could take at 32. My last one's going to be a day two guy. But Bruce Arian said at the end of March that they need more speed on offense. My number two guy, Penn State Nittany Lion, shout out to Chris Godwin yet again. Jason Oway, 6'5", 257. The dude ran a 4'3", 6'40". Are you kidding me? He only really was impactful for two years for the Nittany Lions, but 59 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, two passes defense, two forced fumbles. One of the knocks on him is that his stand-up game isn't great and it needs some development, but he's really, really good with his hand in the dirt. Well, again, you know, just like you talked about with Rousseau, he doesn't need to be relied on to be that every down player he can develop he can work on his stand-up game he can spell in Dominican Sue if Todd Bowles wants to you know get a little bit more speed out there and Sue needs a breath real quick he's a versatile guy a lot like your boy Cam Sample and he has all the physical tools and freakish athleticism that you want to see. There's just some things that need to be fine-tuned, developed a little bit more, and the Bucks have the luxury of being able to do that with him. I would love Jason Owe to the Buccaneers. Yeah, and another fast guy, my third guy, I'm going way down the draft board on this one. You're talking day three easily. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as to project that he's, he's going to be undrafted by any means, but you're definitely looking day three, and it's Jordan Smith out of UAB. And when I saw him on the field in Mobile, I immediately kind of said, that dude is really long, and I watched him in practice, and he's also really fast. Now, what he lacks is a lot of strength, and, he, and, the, and you hear these draft experts talk speed to strength. He doesn't really do a whole lot of that. So he's either going to win with some quick moves or with some bursts off the edge, or he's not going to win at all. Now, what I saw at the Senior Bowl, though, was day one, day two, day three. As we got into – senior bowl practices he seemed to get better and i kind of conference with some other guys that were there and some other people that were watching and said hey are you seeing the same things i'm seeing and look i'm not talking about him climbing up into day two day three or day one but definitely a strong prospect who can contribute to special teams early be a rotational guy if you really need him get into injury problems but he's a guy that three years down the road could become kind of a fan favorite almost like that trey hendrickson effect that he that trey had in new orleans last year all right, and then, David, my final one, because I know we're up against the clock. I, I have a day two guy, probably the second round, given where the Buccaneers are drafting, but it's another phenomenal athlete, this one out of Pitt, and it's Rashad Weaver. By far the slowest guy that we've talked about, only ran a 4-8-3-40, but as a player with Pitt, 109 tackles, 34 tackles for loss, 17 sacks, five forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, nine passes defensed in three years. You know, this guy has, again, all the tools that you're looking for, but since you're not relying on him to be your day one starter, you can work with him, you can develop him, you can put him in in situational defenses, situational pass rushing while you fine tune some things. One of the biggest knocks against Weaver, and I think this is something that can be coached out of him, is that he he has a problem with his balance and he almost gets knocked off 
a little too easily at times, you know, by opposing offensive linemen. That's something that he can get some help with from Shaq, from JPP, from Coach Lowe, you know, all, the the entire staff there. So he's another really, really great athlete that I think would fit really well in a Todd Bowles defense. But this is a guy that if they go wide receiver, if they go running back, if they go, you know, interior defensive line with a guy like Barmore, this is a guy they can get in round two, still kind of develop a little bit, but he can still make an impact as a rookie in a rotation. All right. And with that, David, we are out of here. Make sure you are sending in your answers to the question of the week. What is your all time favorite draft moment? Send those answers in to 813-444-5841, or you can record a voice memo or type out an email and send it to locked on bucks podcast at gmail.com. Check out everything going on over at bucksnation.com. Follow along on Twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks at d harrison 82 and at bucks underscore nation hope you all have an absolutely phenomenal weekend draft week is next week let's go stay safe stay healthy wash your hands be good to each other and we thank you so much for joining us right here at locked on bucks